Hi, and welcome to WOW Talk. My name is Donna Capacity. And my name is Dr. Darlene Gustin, naturopathic doctor. Hello, Darlene. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, today we are going to talk about individualized, informed decisions. Yes. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, um, medicine is not the same for every person. As much as we are individual in the way we look, we also have individuality in the way our chemistry functions. So there's, you know, big rules of thumb. Like you look at me and look at you. We both have a face. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We both have two eyes, (laughs) one nose, two ears, some hair, Mm -hmm. eyes, but we look so different, me and you. So the same thing is with our organs. If we opened up inside our bellies and compared how big's my liver and where's it low, where's my stomach located and what shape. But both of us have a stomach that digests our dinner. Yes. So, so medicine, it's not one size fits all. That's why doctors exist, right? Yes. And in, in naturopathy in particular, we put great focus on treat the individual. We don't really treat the condition. We don't treat the symptom. We're focused more on treat the cause in an individual way and that it's not black and white. Medicine is an art and a science, and it applies to many areas of medicine and and choices, choices for cancer patients, choices for vaccination, choices for surgery. Yes. Yeah. Right. So so even even as a naturopath, I find that, you know, there are times that I'm making choices for myself, for my children. And and you just have to collect the information, say, what's the best thing for me at this point? or for my child, and I have the right to change my mind if I know more or different at another time. Okay, and this can be applied to many different things, whether or not to have elective surgery, uh, treatment plans for various conditions as something like cancer, and even something like vaccinations, for instance. Right, so when I had my first child, it was when it really hit home. Do I vaccinate my own child? I'm a naturopath. We kind of question some of these things. So so I found myself in a situation where I knew what a naturopath knows, but now I had to make the choice for my own infant. And I took the shortcut and thought I'd call my naturopath colleagues who'd had children already (laughs) yeah and what did you do what did you do what did you do I called every naturopath I knew because I figured they'd already done the groundwork and it might save me some time yes and it was very surprising to find that the answers of my colleagues were all over the place some of my colleagues followed the typical common scheduled routine that an Ontario medical doctor recommends and they just kind of went through the process. And that would be doing the vaccinations at a certain time, like two, four, and six months, the MMR, the tetanus, and the whatever, polio, all those kinds Correct. of things. Yeah. Measles, mumps, rubella. Correct. <laughs> that's, Correct. That's the MMR. Yeah. Uh, so, but I do have a question though, um, as you're continuing, were there any colleagues that had older children so they knew what those effects were like was there or was that even all over the map like was someone able to say to you yes I followed that fully and my children are thriving and fine 
Or did someone follow that and say, well, I wasn't really sure if that was the best choice. Like, did you find that that was even more confusing too with you can't even Different. answer that question, okay. right? Yeah. So so at that time, me and my colleagues, the children weren't old enough. Okay, that, there you go. So, yeah. so I had to make the decision, and I was hoping to get a more common answer among my colleagues, but I didn't. So some, some followed the recommended schedule by the medical doctors. Others delayed the timing. Others vaccinated some things and rejected others. Some did the first round of vaccinations and and reinforced that with homeopathy. So I made my decision in steps. And my first decision, the one common thing with naturopaths was how much importance we put on immune benefit reasons of breastfeeding. So we're diehard breastfeeders. Okay. So am I. Yeah. <laughs> I did it for, I was either breastfeeding or pregnant for seven years. Okay. <laughs> that tells you. <laughs> you know, when the kids can say, Mom, I'm ready for it. <laughs> That's how long I went. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. Wow. Plus, it was way easier than making a bottle. I Always know. the right temperature. You could just roll over, bring the baby over. <laughs> if they, I had a co-sleeper. I, yeah. I yeah. was a direct breastfeeder. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, anyway, for sure. continue on. And yeah, and I got mixed reviews on that too. Even my own mother was not impressed after a while. That's okay. <laughs> I remember those nights too, three o'clock in the morning, rolling over with my body parts going, some other woman, why would she choose to get up and make bottles? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we get it, and that's great if it works for you. It just not us. <laughs> Sometimes you have to, and yes. that's okay. It's yes. it's an individual situation. Once again. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so so I knew that I was going to delay and that I was going to breastfeed as long as I could. Yes. So I did that. And then I I was also slowly researching my way, refreshing my knowledge, updating my knowledge about big truth, statistics, science that was showing globally countries that started vaccinating at younger ages had increased rates of infant death and then at that time when I had children the whole exposure of mercury in the vaccinations and is that behind the scenes the cause for increased rates of autism so none of us has the real answer we just collect information from all professions and try to navigate our way and, and use that information to leverage to help every individual patient make the best decision for them. So I knew that my child was not in public daycare. I knew that nobody in my family travels internationally and comes back into the home. When I did go back to work, it was grandmother babysitting my infant, me breastfeeding. And when, when I looked at all those variables, the exposure of my infant to any strong viruses was negligible. And my children were born healthy. They were seeing a chiropractor. They were being breastfed. They were being fed home-cooked food starting at age six months. So I thought, this is good for me. Yep. And a lot of naturopaths, if they did vaccinate, they waited until about age two for developmental reasons, that they wanted to wait until the immune system was a little more mature. And may I ask you something about that? I, the country Japan keeps coming into my mind. 
I think, was there not a study done or were they not doing that sort of thing? Because I remember delaying my last child, like my, my baby, to doing those closer to the age of two as opposed to when she was an infant. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about that, but somewhere, somehow, I think I remember hearing that that was the norm over there. It's possible. Okay, I, I honestly don't, don't remember, okay. but, but the two-year-old um, timing was based on the development of the child's immune system. Exactly. Being more mature and more capable of handling vaccination with less after effects. Okay. So, so when, as I approached age two with my firstborn child and I had stopped breastfeeding by then and I was going to send the child to daycare in between age two and three, my choices were working with different variables and I thought, oh, what do I do now? So I went to go see my medical doctor who sees me once every 10 years, right? <laughs> and she laughs. It's yes. funny. She used to be intimidated. I used to be intimidated by her, and then it went the other way around. Then we became buddies. So anyway, I went in there, and she's like, wow, nice to see you. Because, I mean, I she didn't see you. me. I mean, yeah, I got a midwife. I had a kid. I came back. She goes, so what can I do for you? Why are you here? I said, Honestly, my mother-in-law wants me to vaccinate the two-year-old. So my medical doctor laughed and she goes, you go home and you tell your mother-in-law that I would have made different choices on my own children if I knew then what I know today. Mm, so she was lovely. She was lovely. Yeah. And um, so I continued to choose not vaccinating my children, but I was constantly aware of information that was becoming more available to me as the years go by and and even information in my own practice like I quickly decided that I had to test every patient's hair because 50% of my patients for the last 30 years have heavy metals according to hair mineral analysis yes. and one area of exposure to heavy metals is vaccinations so so there's a lot of different things to consider and and my children remained unvaccinated, but they played soccer. They could step on a rusty nail. So my children knew that if they were somewhere and I wasn't there and they stepped on a rusty nail, they knew for their whole childhood, remember, you're not vaccinated. And if mommy's not there, stepping on a rusty nail means you go to the hospital and you get a tetanus shot. Yes. Indeed. So I'm not against vaccination. I want to call the shots based on as much information I have for my child, right? Yes. So so as it happened, about a year ago, two of my three children, all three not being vaccinated, get scratched. Some tiny little superficial scratch with a rusty nail in the backyard. No. Two of them at, at age... 21 oh. and 15, you know, and, um, and so of course they knew they went running to mommy and they said, I have a scratch and it was a rusty nail. So we had the, I had the conversation with my young adult child and I said, yes, mommy's been telling you if you ever step on a rusty nail. And, and so they were concerned. Well, what if I get tetanus? Well, I don't think you will. It, it, the, the scratch doesn't look big enough, but 
we made the decision together and and especially with my son the older one he's a little bit of a health nervous type okay and and i think it would have affected his mental health greatly for the rest of his life thinking that he's hiding tetanus in his body and sure. and and at that age i wasn't concerned about one vaccination at yes. his age to calm his mind this anxious little university student yes. i was like yeah go fine go get vaccinated it was fine with me right and so two two of them have received the dpt shot at this point that's okay. it <laughs> <laughs> but but so it's not about being against vaccination or pro vaccination it's about science it's about information it's it's uh, i'm a libra i mean <laughs> yes <laughs> i can Say see no both more. sides i can see yeah. both sides and i i studied science i appreciate science i love science and and there's a science to natural medicine, whether people know that or not. But there's also an art. Yeah. Okay. And as we were saying, it's individualized. Definitely. And if my children were doing missionary work in Africa, of course I'd want them vaccinated. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So we make these choices based on the information we have. And it's fine to change them. I love that you made the decision with your children. Definitely. That's very cool. And, of course, they're at the age where you could do that. And, I mean, you could at almost any age, really, except when they're babies. But but I love that. I love that they were young adults when this this came up, this incident came up, and you had to make this choice. And And I do that with my patients. I help them make the decision. I just give them extra information. And together we weigh the odds and we share well, these are all the reasons I should do A or I shouldn't do A and the risk and the unknowns. And usually both me and the patient think the same choice is the right choice. Even, even any, any other virus that comes along and any other new vaccination that comes along, I, I tell people the same thing. What do we know so far? What, are, what is your exposure? What are your risk factors? How has your history of reacting to vaccination been? And if someone is choosing to vaccinate against new viruses with new vaccinations and they feel like it's the right choice, but they're nervous about that, I tell them health up before you go. So have you been eating gluten and you shouldn't? Are you dehydrated? Are you having a migraine that day? Did you not get enough sleep? Did you not get enough sleep? Is this the week you're allergic to the tree in your backyard? So so if people are making choices, especially about immune protocols and vaccinations, I say even with any old well-studied vaccination, don't go on a bad day. Don't go the day your baby has a fever. And, oh, and your medical sure. doctor might not know. You didn't tell the medical doctor your baby's had the runs all day yesterday, but it's altered their immune system. And so for them to be injected on that day, you've made the chemistry in the body a little more complicated. And I think for vaccines to have their best chance of giving you all the benefit and minimizing any potential risk, go on a healthy day and feel good about it. I love that. I love both of those. Go on a healthy day and feel good about it. And for me also, what is your end goal? I feel mentally, if you are 
going to have a vaccine or your child get the the child vaccinated, as you were saying, if your children were to go and work in a country where they need to have their immune system boosted and ready to take on any type of diseases or viruses that may be present there, you're all for it. Of course. And that's great. And that, that, that to me is really the bottom line is feeling good about it and knowing why you're doing it, why you're choosing to. And half the battle, I believe, it's me though saying it, um, and I'm not a doctor, but but I think it's in it, it is in your mind, your mind, your emotional health, everything, feeling very confident about your decision. And I always go back to the whole breast cancer thing for me. I was offered a mastectomy, and I said no. I want a lumpectomy for my reasons, and I wanted to conserve. I wanted to keep my breast, and that was so important to me. And I know mentally. That is why I've been cancer-free seven years. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. And uh, <laughs> high five. And um, I feel, yeah, I, I, that that works for me. Whereas I have a very good friend who chose to get a double mastectomy because that was what was going to give her peace of mind, and she felt confident making that decision for her health. So we're all individuals. We all need information. Information is such power. Knowledge is power. So. On that note, Dr. Gustin, do you have anything else to say about this topic? No, I think we've covered the good stuff, the juicy stuff. That's right. That's right. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to send us your questions and comments, and we appreciate all of you out there. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.